This is the Real Estate Investing Abundance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Allen. I know you're excited to get into today's show, but I have a very exciting announcement to share with you before moving to the show. We've just launched a complimentary and comprehensive webinar that, among other things, shows you how to legally use passive real estate investing to reduce your taxes, recession-proof your nest egg, and take the sting out of inflation. If you are curious to learn more, go to steetalker.com forward slash webinar. It is complimentary and only takes a couple of minutes of your time. Once again, that is steetalker.com forward slash webinar. I'll see you in the webinar. Enjoy today's show. Hello, enlightened investors. Glad you're back with us again today. I'm your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. We're going to take a look here at achieving the impossible dream. Yuri Kirkus is a business consultant that works with high achievers to get their so-called impossible dream. He's the author of For the Love of Success, Achieving the Impossible Dream. He also invests in real estate deals such as short-term rentals, roundup developments, and self-storage. So, Yermi, take us into the show and share a memorable experience that helped you to be who you are today. Sure. Thank you so much for this, Dr. Allen. I really appreciate it. And thanks for all the audience that is showing up today. So that is really exciting and always a privilege, honor, and I'm always humbled by getting invited to such incredible shows like these. For me, it's really, it's really, it all started from when I was a little child, um, you know, growing up in a community that just loved helping people. That was a very, very huge privilege. And you know, I look back today and and also I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. Business was very, very forefront in our home, but then always seeking and lurk, looking for ways of how I could marry my two loves together, love for business and love for helping people. It was, it was a lifelong journey until one day I came across a really exciting education called the Psychology of Industrial industrial and organizational psychology. Um, so it's all the psychology of business and industries. And that was that was like a like a light bulb moment for me. And I was like, duh, I have to do that. <laughs> so that's that's the memorable moment that it was always this self-questioning, you know, what is it that I want to see life? Like what is my mm-hmm. ideal life look like? And this constant pursuit to going and achieving it. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Montreal, Canada. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So, cool. Just across the border. <laughs> just across the border from, from the U.S. there. I mm. have never been there, unfortunately. Um, oh, I want to go there gorgeous. someday. Yeah. Well, Yermi, how did you manage uh, to achieve your impossible dream? Yeah, that's that's the million-dollar question right there. <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, you know, it was a lifelong journey to discovery. Um, I was always looking for, you know, how is it, how is it that I could, I could marry these two, these two loves in a sense? How could I find, you know, helping people and doing business at the same time and also making a a positive impact around me? That was very important. Uh, So it all began when I was a little child. As I mentioned, I would go to these uh, volunteer opportunities at our local, you know, our little, for us, it was a local synagogue. It was a local community center. Um, where they were doing a lot of like a food kitchen type of, 
you know, a soup kitchen type of thing. And I just love the diversity of people that were always walking in, all these different uh, cultures. I was exposed to Muslims. I was exposed to uh, Hindu. I was exposed to Christians. I was exposed to all that. And to me, it was just always fascinating up to the point where I would skip class. I would skip school as a little child just to run to these opportunities because I loved it so much. And my teachers, my parents, you know, the the support system that I had around me were like, well, you're supposed to be in school and they can't punish me for something good that I'm doing, right? So they want they didn't want to like discourage this kind of behavior. Uh, but how do you keep a kid in school, right? So they basically said, listen, you know, stay in school, get good grades, get educated so that when you grow up, you could do this as a legitimate living. So I found that very novel because again, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family and it was very doggy dog and it was very like, you know, where's the next buck coming from kind of thing. Uh, and I just found that very novel to help people for a living. Mm-hmm. So um, all that sort of led me one day to, hey, doctors help people and they make a living. Uh, so I went down the medical school route. I got all the way down to uh, pre-med and it was in pre-med when I was also volunteering on an ambulance uh, system when I said, nah, this is just not for me. This is just not working out. And so I quit that and went to study business. Uh, So all that fast forward to 2010, uh, where three major traumas, I I experienced three major traumas, where my wife at the time left me, took away the kids. Uh, My mom dies just a short week later. Mm -hmm. And the business that I was building at the time uh, was forced to shut down beyond my control. So three major, major life events all happening within 10 days. One is enough to put you in th- therapy, <laughs> mind you, three, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, so that through the recovery from that and through, you know, the therapy from that, through all the, you know, getting over all that is where I just said, you know what? I'm in my, my mid-20s and I really deserve a better life. I really, really just, like, I want to live this ideal life. And so it all began by just going back to my happy place, going back to that volunteer and helping you know people and stuff so that led me to prison as i tell people as a joke i was working in a prison i was volunteering in a prison and just trying to be like helpful you know people Mm -hmm. in a very dark environment uh bringing them you know some kind of light or some kind of uh support in a sense Mm -hmm. and and then that that introduced me to psychology uh, where I said, hey, you know, I could help people. I could bring meaning and purpose to these people. And then it was working with white collar criminals, sort of, I discovered that industrial psychology. So mm. that was all the perpetual how I got there. And how I got into real estate was the donors of the organization that I was working for, they were all real estate people. They were all like investors, hedge funds, you know, these kind of stuff. And I was the guy who would do the nurturing of the donors because I was boots on the ground. So I would nurture the donors and just through discussion and through, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff, I just fell in love with real estate. And so I started getting involved with flips and I started getting involved with the stuff that they were doing. And that's how I managed to pay off all my school loans before I even ended up graduating. So I just fell in love with real estate and I said, that's where I need to be. So (laughs) that's basically how all that ties in. Well, I mean, that's interesting. And, and I, I suspect a lot of people see a number of parallels uh, with their own life. I certainly see some 
in conjunction uh, to mine. And uh, certainly the darkest moments in my life were the times when the lights, the light bulbs finally went off. And, and uh, I guess you could say I saw the light and uh, in a lot of ways. And I ended up studying organizational systems psychology. I had actually started out in counseling uh, and was going to go in uh, counseling to counseling psychology. And along the way, I just realized that uh, organizations and systems have such an enormous control over our life. We live in the United States, you live in Canada, both individualistic cultures and societies. And we like to think that we as individuals are in control of our lives. But the reality is that our cultures, our systems, our organizations have so much control over who it is and what we are. And so I ended up realizing that if I really wanted to help people on a on a larger scale, that I needed to understand organizations and systems much more so than just the individual. So um, mm-hmm. it was a big change in my life as well from a very dark place. So very interesting. Give us a little bit more detail here, Yuri. You had talked about you were doing volunteer work and the people who were organizing these philanthropy organizations were involved in real estate. So give us some detail into in terms of how being associated with these people actually helped you to get into real estate investing. Sure. Yeah. So again, so as I was saying, as much as I would try to like do the volunteer work and the helping people work, so to speak, I was still always drawn to business. So my entire life, I mean, I read business books and articles and all that stuff. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, like it just, it's a net, it's a nature thing, you know, I grew up with it. That's all I really know in a sense. Uh, So I was always, always drawn to business. And really for me, what was a turning point at some point was one day my, my, you know, the, the person I was working for or volunteering for, he just asked me, Hey, you know, could you drive me to this one meeting? Is it okay? I was like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? Um, if I'm available, sure. So um, so I drove him to this one meeting and I was sitting there in the meeting. He's talking to a donor and I'm just watching what's transpiring. And I'm hearing this, you know, a rabbi who's very, very altruistic, doing incredible work, you know, all, all the power to him, I have enormous respect to him. However, he just was talking to a very strong business person, you know, and like this guy is a massive real estate investor. He's a massive, you know, really, really up there kind of guy. And I'm just as an observer seeing a major, major kind of break. Mm-hmm. And the rabbi just managed to pull out about $5,000 as a donation from this guy. And I look at my boss and I'm, and I'm on the drive back and I said, is it okay if I ask a question? And he, just, he says, sure, why not? I was like, why only 5000 this guy is huge. And this guy, like we, like we do research before we go to these people. I was like, mm-hmm. you're speaking to everything that this guy stands for. I feel like there could have been more. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what makes you feel that way? And I said, just the way he, he was interacting. I said, do you mind if I go back to this guy and just have another conversation with him? This time I just talked to him. So he goes, nothing to lose at this point, right? <laughs> so I end up going back to the guy. And this time I was talking to him straight up business. You know, we were just talking business and stuff like this. And I said, if I was to show you your ROI, 
on your altruism. You're donating to our organization. If I was to show you your return on investment, what are you looking for? And that was the key question. And he was, and he was just so surprised, but he never got that question asked to him, you know, in terms of, of a donation, in terms of, you know, he always hears that in his real estate investments. He always hears that in all the other stuff he does, but he never heard that in a context of, you know, a nonprofit asking him that. And so he shared with me what he was looking for. And I said, if I could demonstrate that to you, could you double your, your investment? In other words, double your, your thing. So he did, you know, when Mm -hmm. I showed that to him, he, I walked out of there with a $10,000 check. So, and that, and that's what really kind of like shined the light into doing a lot of work with the fundraising in that, in that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that organization, I helped raise over $6 million um, for that organization um, over the course of time that I worked with them. And that just showed me that, you know, it's all in how you present yourself. It's all asking the right questions. And eventually that's also kind of what shifted. And I just, first of all, I just loved, I loved meeting these people and learned so much from them. I gained a huge, a huge benefit from having these, these relationships with them. Uh, Today, I call them for literally everything, asking them, where's the markets going? You know, what are your thoughts? You know, all that stuff. And we have a friendship as, you know, like a lot of them are, some of them are my fathers and some of them are my, are my grandfathers. That's the way I see them as. So um, it's a huge benefit. Yeah. Enlightened investors, if you haven't done so already, be sure and click that like button and also click that share so others can take advantage of the content. And finally, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one of our upcoming episodes. Well, Yermi, tell us about your book and mm-hmm. uh, why you wrote the book. Sure. This was all when when stuff was happening and when when I had this idea of living this ideal life. So I started sharing with my loved ones, with people around me, here's what I see life should look like. And I would get the common, well, what makes you think that? You know, and what makes you think you could achieve that? And what makes you think, you know, all these kind of things. And by being exposed to these really high achievers, these big investors and stuff, I told, I would share with them a little bit about, you know, my personal struggles that I was going through. And I was like, listen, I really would love to live a life similar to yours or, you know, whatever. And I saw the way they were thinking and I saw the way others were thinking. And it was like, as if it's two different worlds. Um, These guys were just thinking in abundance. They think in like, in ones with multiple zeros afterwards, you know, when other people can't even fathom what does, you know, when, when they say a billion dollar deal. Like they, they it, that scares a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it took me a very long time to overcome that. And once I was able to overcome that limited mindset and started really, you know, really focusing on why not? It's more than just deserving an ideal life. I think I'm entitled for an ideal life. I, I more than deserve a good life. I more than deserve a, a good wife. So I was also saying, what's a... What's a good life worth if I don't have the right spouse with me? Because uh, I value family and I value these kind of things. So I, I, would, I would challenge all these limited you know, mindsets, whether they were my own or they were others, internal and external. And so, and so I set myself up in a way, I said, I'm going to meet this ideal wife. That's what I said, because I need this ideal life. I need this ideal life. 
And again, everybody were just like, you're nuts, you're crazy, you're, you know. And the book is basically this whole personal story of how I ended up meeting this ideal wife. Exactly to the way I designed it in my mind on paper, whatever it was, I ended up meeting her. But it's not just a love story, but it's also what are the parallels of the lessons that I learned from that journey and succeeding in finding you know, this ideal wife? Uh, what are the parallels with business? And how do I apply these same principles in all areas of my life, particularly in business? And then the book is not going to leave you hanging, but it's also going to challenge the reader to, hey, this is just my journey. This is just what I've done. Not necessarily is it the same for you. But I challenge you as a reader, take whatever lessons you learned or take this principle and apply it in any way that works best for your life. So I encourage the reader and I encourage, you know, the people who go down this journey that you could achieve, you know, your entitlement comes with a price in a sense. You know, it's your responsibility to not just sit there and dream, but take action, do what's necessary to do and surround yourself with the right people, the right you know, system around you to achieve anything, anything that you wish to achieve. Well, Yermi, you talk about the principles of changing the mindset. Can you just uh, briefly share with us what are those principles? So there are 10 principles. I'm not going to go through all of them here, but the way I separate the, the 10 is into three categories. The very first category is to get, to get internal. So you have to get clear with yourself. You have to, um, you have to know exactly what it is that you want. Your dream has to be extremely vivid. And once you have that vivid dream, you make a decision to go and get whatever that dream is. You know, I'm a very, very big believer in the laws of attraction. Um, I think The Secret is an amazing system. It's a great program. However, a lot of people uh, tend to stop there. They're sitting on a couch trying to dream up and, you know, visualizations and manifestations and all that. It becomes very woohoo very quick. But if you don't challenge your status quo, which is the first principle, in my opinion, um, if you don't challenge your own status quo and the status quo of others, uh, you can never really have the push or what I call the inspiration to really get up off that couch and go take that vision and make it into action. So the next few steps are all about, you know, thinking outside the box, uh, you know, uh, just doing, doing, doing and creating uh, because I believe that we are co-creators with, you know, whatever is creating this world. I believe that we are co-creators with that. And so we have a chance to co-create. And then the final, the final two principles is expect the unexpected and have patience. So in other words, you know, the only way we could, we, you know, it, we're, we're always pushing and we're always trying too hard sometimes. Sometimes we also have to take a step back and let the system work for us. So as long as you took the necessary steps and you did everything you could do, let the natural course of action happen. So these to me are the three main criteria or the three main categories that, that help us achieve this so-called impossible dream. So if I got these correct, so that is to go internally and understand yourself and then challenge our status quo. And finally, expect uh, the unexpected and be patient. Mm -hmm. And if you go through those steps in those processes, then you can have 
uh, that expectation of achieving what may seem like uh, the impossible dream, but is actually a real possibility. Yep. Well, Yuri, tell our viewers and listeners how it is that they can get in touch with you and take advantage of, of what you have to offer. Absolutely. So the easiest and fastest way to get to know who I am is on LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, uh, just search uh, Yermi Kirkus. I should be one of the only ones there, as far as I know. Um, so I don't know too many other Yermi Kirkuses. Um, so LinkedIn is the best way to get to me. Um, other than that, I do have this community, and we call it the More community. The purpose of the community is that it gets very, very hard to be an entrepreneur. And, um, and you know, there's a lot of difficulties that we face. What's nice about the community is that it's an anonymous, it, it's not really publicized to the world in a sense. And so, you know, going through those those steps, it's not easy. Those principles are not easy, but you're going to come into a group where we have a lot of confidentiality in there. Think about the, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas type of, you know, system for business, but it's really an area where we could collaborate. So more stands for motivation, opportunity, uh, resource and education. So everything you need to succeed in achieving that impossible dream. And all of our members who join this community uh, get the book for free. So the book is like a companion to the community. And we're there to make sure that we all succeed together. Um, so that's pretty much what we're doing. And that's the best way uh, we could collaborate, join and succeed together ultimately. Well, sounds uh, like a wonderful opportunity there. And uh, viewers and listeners, the information will be in the show note. And Yermi is spelled Y-E-R-M-I. Kirkus is K-U-R-K-U-S. So Yermi, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a pleasure having you. Thanks for sharing your life with us. Thank you, Dr. Allen. Thank you for all the viewers as well. I really appreciate it. Enlightened investors, wait, wait, don't go just yet. I just want to remind you about our recently launched webinar that you will not want to miss. If you're at all curious and would like to learn more about how real estate investing can diversify your investment portfolio, alleviate the anxiety associated with Wall Street swings, leverage your 401ks and IRAs to substantially increase the return on your investment, and do all of this with turnkey, hands-off, passive real estate investments, then you'll want to immediately go to stetalker.com forward slash webinar. In the webinar, we'll also address the common dubious investment schemes that you want to avoid. To access the webinar, go to stetalker.com forward slash webinar. I look forward to seeing you in the webinar. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance brought to you by Stetalker Capital a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.